0: It's just, not just about sharks, we talk about marmots too, marmots too. If you don't uh, know about marmots, you're going to learn. And also, if you want to take a deep dive into sharks, if that's your main deal, you listen to our Deep Blue Sea episode. It was a whole thing about sharks. And that's a great movie, Deep Blue Sea, with a great soundtrack. Check it out on your own time, but not right now, because now it's time for Jaws. Everybody's all in on Jaws. Raise the roof for Jaws. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Signs. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about Jaws. It's the first blockbuster that ever existed. Uh, It was the first film to make over $100 million profit, and today we have two wonderful guests. First of all, it's comedian and writer Chelsea Frank.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Hello, hello, hello to you, Chelsea.
1: Hi. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm... very happy as well. Very excited.
1: I watched a scary movie for you, and I know that everyone's going to go, it's Jaws, it's not scary anymore, but, like, I've never seen a scary movie in my life. Wow. So I watched this shit for you, and you're welcome.
0: I've, yeah, thank you. You really sacrificed on my behalf and yeah. the listeners' behalf.
1: Yeah. I'm here for the people.
0: I am. Damn. Okay. A woman of the people, <laughs> Chelsea Frank, is joining us here today. <laughs> nice to you Philanthropist Chelsea Frank. Thank you so much, yes. Uh, and joining uh, the two of us is a professor from the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology at UCLA, it's Dr. Daniel Blumstein. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. You were just telling us off mic that you hadn't seen this movie since it came out.
2: I, yeah, there used to be th- theaters, and I went to theaters, and you know, I sort of was air conditioned, and it was a really hot summer. And we <laughs> I went with my mom, who never went to the like in the water again after seeing the film. Right. Um, and I remember, you know, watching it when it came out.
0: Yeah, it was a giant cultural phenomenon and uh, launched Steven Spielberg's career. And uh, I was just looking at his like IMDb to see what he made from the next like 10 years of his life and it was absolutely mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, it's like every great film. All the movies.
1: Every movie <laughs> that's ever made, Steven Spielberg has touched. Yes. For such a scary movie, and, or not scary, but like meant to be so Suspensful scary. Suspenseful, maybe. Suspenseful and thrilling. There's like these little pops of just really beautiful, earnest, mm-hmm. like vulnerable moments that I thought were just really great and not so Steven Spielberg.
2: Yeah. And it's not sort of, you know, the torture porn gore stuff that right. many horror movies resort to today for cheap thrills. I mean, it's... It's complex. It's simple. It's, you yep. know, it, it, it gets at you in, in interesting ways. And then looking back at it now, it's like, well, why was that? Why did that scare people out of the water for centuries?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. It's not as scary anymore for sure. But I think the suspense comes in, like you're saying, with the, our, our care for these characters. You know, like I really I loved all those scenes of like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the chief chief Brody with his son and like getting to know them throughout the entire. Like we don't see the shark till an hour 20 or something like that. So I think I it was broken most of the time. Yeah, they, could, they literally couldn't film the shark because they had these giant sharks. They just kept breaking. It was like a complete mess, apparently, making this movie. But it was and like so, a
1: great accident because it made it scarier because yeah. you never saw the freaking shark.
0: I know. I totally agree. Yeah. And he. I think he could, one of the moves was coming up with the whole uh, barrels, those yellow barrels. It was like, oh, we'll just track the barrels and that's how we'll know the shark is moving. And it makes it so cool and so suspenseful. The barrel scene was good. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, okay, so listen, before we get into... I I have a bunch of stuff about the movie, I have stuff about sharks, uh, obviously, but I want to start with a quiz. You guys ready for a quiz? Is that cool? Great. I give quizzes, I don't You're going to have
1: them. me go off on a quiz with a guy who works at UCLA? That's
0: correct. I'll fail, it's okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if you both fail, that's totally fine. Um, okay, so the quiz is called, Think You're Gonna Need a Bigger Wealth of Knowledge to Ace This Quiz. Think you're gonna need a bigger wealth of knowledge to ace this quiz. So, we'll start here. What was the shark's name? And to give you a hint, it was not Jaws.
2: shark had a name?
0: Yes, the shark had a name, especially on set. (laughs) Everyone was calling the mechanical sharks a certain name. It's become, I don't know, somewhat famous.
1: I remember the name of the boat.
0: Okay. That was actually my next question. Oh, to rock above. that! Yeah, yeah. Orca? That's right, the Orca. Fuck yeah! Absolutely. Uh, the name of the shark you is Bruce. You must have just watched this
1: literally last night. <laughs> okay, I watched yeah. it a couple weeks ago. Okay, okay. Oh,
0: there it is. <coughs> no retention. Uh, I also watched it last night and loved it uh, all over again. But yeah, it was Bruce, and it was named after Spielberg's attorney Bruce <laughs> Raymer. Bruce? Yeah, Bruce. When was
1: that ever mentioned? It, it wasn't was.
0: mentioned in the movie. Well, but how did we
1: have no? It's Previa.
0: folklore. Yeah, people. Oh. you know, I don't know i right. be alive in the 70s. I guess
1: okay. uh, right. p- p- Sorry <laughs> <laughs> Oops. No.
0: It's your parents fault actually yeah. um, okay, so yeah, uh, and then my second question was the name of Quint's boat Which is the orca um, and I wanted to mention that the entire ocean portion of the jaws shoot was plagued with technical difficulties And at one point the orca actually sank with Robert Shaw Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfus aboard uh, And due to a malfunction the boat started leaking causing Spielberg to send another boat uh, in a mad dash to retrieve the actors and crew from the sinking ship. Uh, So quite the. (laughs) What a metaphor
1: for this entire production.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Robert Shaw, the man who played Quint, uh, wasn't afraid of sharks, but he was afraid of what during filming.
1: Are these Um, all questions about like the process of this movie or the actual movie? No,
0: that was in the film. I forget what it was though. Some. No, this is not in the film. This is his real life. Robert Shaw's real life just figure you can take a guess does you don't have to be car accidents well, what
1: are we all afraid of um
0: Intimacy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Intimacy? <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess. Uh,
0: Robert Shaw, the native Brit, was reportedly being pursued by both the IRS and British taxmen, causing the actor to flee the country on weekends uh, to Canada to avoid facing a tax liability for spending too many hours on U.S. soil. In fact, Shaw had to forego his salary on the film in order to make amends with the IRS for his charges <laughs> of tax evasion. Uh, which I thought was also just perfect for the character of Quint. It just seemed like he was a... Uh, I don't know. (laughs) A rebel, let's say. Um, Okay, speaking of Quint, why was he so tough to work with during the making of Jaws? I think he was an alcoholic. That's correct. He was drinking, uh, famously, drunk throughout the shoot. Uh, In fact, when it came time to film his, like, famous monologue about the sinking Indianapolis, he was wasted, and Spielberg deemed all of the footage unusable, and he felt really terrible, and so begged him for another try, and then came back and nailed it sober in one day. In one uh, take. Sorry. Pretty cool. If mean, uh, you're going to
1: be a raging alcoholic, but you still want to have a career, that's the way to do it. Just get it together in the, in the, in the 11th hour enough, yeah. and people will be like, all right, whatever.
0: Yeah, that There's, guy's a badass. You're a
1: hot mess, but yeah. we'll still rehire you. <laughs>
0: He's got what it takes. Yeah. Um, okay, last one. Uh, this is a really weird one. So Spielberg was 27 years old and battling anxiety and insomnia while making Jaws. To combat this, what did he have sent out to him from home? Chocolate chip cookies. Wow, okay. I love chocolate um, chip he was cookies. He's
1: twenty-seven. God, I want to kill myself just hearing that. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Porn and uh, let's think.
2: Seventies. It, was it wasn't porn then.
1: Yeah, magazines. <laughs> <laughs> just magazines from from the attic, um, or oh, some like little um, like plastic toy. Type How about thing? his dog? all
0: of these would have been great uh but it's his pillow he wanted his pillow from home oh. and he also put a stalk of celery underneath his pillow what a loser because the smell soothed his nerves which i'd never heard of before I'm sure it wasn't passover or something <laughs> i don't think so um so anyway that's our that's our jaws quiz there um so i i absolutely love this movie i can see why it's for some people, possibly doesn't hold up or maybe is too slow or whatever, but I just uh, have to weigh in and say that it's absolutely fantastic. I love the characters, uh, I love how it was shot, and and I have some very stupid notes that I wrote down during the film. Uh, so one, and I don't know if you can weigh in on this, feel free to tell me you have no idea. This lady's being attacked in the first scene of the film uh, by the shark. We don't see the shark, but we see her getting attacked. And she's, like, moving uh, very quickly from side to side. And so that was my question, I guess, is, like, when sharks attack people, uh, why would they do that? Why would they pull them like that and then let them go?
2: Well, I mean, I think sharks attack kind of like missiles. Um, you know, they, if they're hunting a, a sea mammal they 're going to you know detect the thing, then go deep and then come up okay. and you know, often you see things blown out of the water when sharks are attacking them, and it's pretty um, you know wild. Um, maybe that wasn't a full-on attack, so there are hypotheses about sharks being confused by us and mm-hmm. taking little nibbles. So this was a nibble as opposed to an explosive attack and okay. there are some people sort of looking at the dynamics of human. Sharks attacking humans versus sea mammals and saying, no, they're not really hunting us. They're they're confused. They're sort of nibbling. So maybe that's sort of a nibble. But, you know, a nibble for something with that many teeth is uh, would cause me to jerk back and
0: forth as well. Yeah. Ruin your weekend.
1: I have a question about that. How is it scientifically possible that, that girl was sprinting without a bra on and not <laughs> crying the entire time? She got naked. You know how she was like running and just like taking off her clothes? Yep. And then she's like fully topless and just sprinting without any kind of like, she's ow, wasted, this hurt maybe? Does that like, help? How is that? I was like, that is not, that does not hold up, okay? That doesn't, that doesn't carry to 2019 when we know better now. Yeah, yeah. When directors are like, you would not do that; it would hurt.
0: Give her some support.
1: Give her some support. She's about to get her like legs chopped off and yeah. eaten from, you know. We give just her a did lap-
0: uh, Jurassic World recently, and she, uh, Claire in that movie is running in heels the entire film. Like sprinting away from dinosaurs in heels. It's just gotta give these women some
1: help. Some give credit. her a nice pair of flats. Yeah, some Tell New Balances. To... Some New Balances. <laughs> Jesus,
0: um, yeah. I did read a thing about great white sharks that they do attack by. They don't they don't just like eat you whole or, you know, sometimes in this movie they just like take people out. But apparently they just like attack you, let leave you bleeding and then just leave and let you die on your own and then come back when it's like way easier. So I don't know. Maybe that makes sense.
2: Yeah. You know why lose teeth and get your nose beaten up if you don't have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, normally these things are, you know, uh, eating things that can probably uh, pack a punch. Yeah. OK. That That's makes so sense.
1: petty, though.
2: But like... it's smart. Yeah. Smart
1: move. So petty, though. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to emotionally and physically destroy you, and then I'm just going like, to leave for a bit and see what <laughs> happens, and then come back when I don't have to deal with how hard it is to have ruined your life and everybody you love.
2: (laughs) Okay. I mean, Komodo dragons are interesting because um, Komodo dragons are like these big lizards that, you know, eat people on the island of Komodo. And um, there's a famous story about this photographer who had a Hasselblad and he was this German guy and he was studying the Komodo dragons and he's photographing them and eventually they found his Hasselblad with tooth marks in it and not much of him. But um, Komodo dragons are big, but when they're hunting normal things goats other things you know that, that size mammals um, they have all sorts of like bad bacteria in their mouth and um, the idea is when they bite something it'll, it'll cause sepsis so they you know people have talked about goannas and komodo dragons as not necessarily um, being have to be able not necessarily having to kill things right off mm-hmm. but rather getting them sick having them die and then they it's easier to get them i got you whether that's true or not, I don't know, but many people have talked about that. <laughs> Chelsea is grossed out.
1: <laughs> this is why I went to art school and not science class ever. Avoid
2: this exact thing. Human bites are the worst. Is yeah. that true? Look out no for human way. bites. all sorts of
0: bad bacteria in our mouths. Really? Yeah. Would yeah, you ra- all
1: di- we all have HPV. We're all disgusting, you know?
0: Well, yeah, but I feel like I'd rather be bitten by either of you than like a snake or, uh, if I don't know, a snapping turtle or some shit. Yeah, I agree. Like Human really? bites apparently give all sorts of problems if you get a human bite. Yeah. Like, a real,
1: like like you're like break the, you know, like the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: getting in there. I mean I mean still what about just wh- shark these sharks look I don't know man I was looking at pictures all day <laughs> I'm talking about the bacteria you know the, okay, the okay. trauma of a shark bite okay, is okay is something
2: else Yeah
1: Wait what's happening when a human bites someone yeah. like, it all sorts of it-
2: bacteria in your mouth and it causes infections Ugh. Damn Yeah
1: Gross! What do you do? What do you do if a human bites you?
2: Wash them well. Go to the doctor. Go to the
1: doctor. Just get that shit like yeah, you know,
2: cleaned and, out. And Wash that out. human while you're at it.
1: Yeah, really.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Say no. Sit. Stay.
1: How do you make your mouth not as like? It's disgusting. Yeah, we need polish.
2: our bacteria. I mean, so the, 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 the new frontier in biology is really looking at our microbial you know communities that live on us. We're covered with cells from all sorts of other animals. And these other animals make us healthy. These other animals make us um, sick at times. These other animals, you know, allow us to exist. So we digest things and we can get what are called dysbioses if these bacteria get out of, out of balance, um, which is really cool because, you know, dysbiosis. we're just a vessel for our bacteria. So everyone's studying that. They okay. make us happy. So there's a mind-gut connection, and a, you know, Whoa. you eat certain things, and maybe that actually does make you happy, and certain gut bacteria What are, things can we eat that will make us happy? Probably things—well, uh, people are talking about whether you can change it with diet, or you're just trying to cultivate the actual bacteria that are creating the—, the
0: because uh, if it's the gut, you're talking about more like long-term, yeah, diet, long-term, like not the instantaneous gratification I get from a cookie.
2: So sugar and chocolates and things like that, you know, might, but they if they also, uh, you know, stimulate bacteria to do certain things. People are still studying this. You mm. know, that could lead to a dose of serotonin that just affects your mood immediately. Maybe gotcha. that's how chocolate works. Is this the whole like probiotic craze with kombucha and all this? That's part of it. Okay. Whether that works or not, whether you can change your ecosystem. So mm. I like to talk about like you know, since we have a water theme. Here, sure. you know, a beautiful coral reef and yeah. a beautiful coral reef, it's gorgeous. But there's another state that that coral reef can exist in, and that's what's called an algal-dominated state, where you have a bunch of algae growing out of it. I prefer the coral with corals and things like that rather than the algae. Yeah. So each of those states is very stable. Okay. And sharks are actually part of that. Ooh. And each of those states is really stable. And it, it it's hard to get from one to another. So you could have a beautiful coral reef in your gut, or you could have you know an algal dominated state. Oh. And getting from one to the other isn't about just taking a few more probiotics or something like that. So it's a little more complex than that.
1: Is it possible if you like have if you're like taking a probiotic or drinking too much kombucha or whatever? Like you can have too much bacteria, too much bacteria or yeast, or like an over you're yeah. overdoing it, and then your body's just like one big yeast infection all the time.
2: Don't know, and I don't think we're changing it a lot. Now, people are talking about prebiotics, which is not like probiotics, and I don't really know the difference between these things. But, I mean, people are thinking about, you know, how you change from one state to another, particularly if you're sick. I mean, you know, most of us are in a state that is kind of healthy-ish. So when you get a dysbiosis, um, some of these will kill you. Some of these are one bacteria sort of takes over your gut. And if you don't get rid of that, um, you can die. So then people talk about fecal transplants or using fecal transplants to get rid of these things. Fecal transplants. Yeah, this yeah. This is
1: like taking we, a turn. Yeah. I am here for it, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... We can always talk about fecal transplants. I
1: love a fecal transplant.
0: I had no idea fecal transplants Happy existed. Happy
1: New Year, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about it.
0: Uh, so uh, describe what that is. So basically, the idea
2: is how do you change your you know gut flora. Okay. And, you know, where does it come from? Well, it either comes from your mouth or it comes from the bottom. So, um, one way is you sort of clean everything out and you get an elixir of healthy feces, which is just basically bacteria, and shove it up. And um, this uh, saves people's lives if they have one particular sort of whoa. bacterial problem. Now it doesn't necessarily work for normal healthy people or slightly sick people, but if you have one particular, you know, problem, this actually saves people's lives. How many Ow. times
1: do you have to do it?
2: I don't know, a couple times I think typically.
1: And you do it yourself or you have to get some a, a trusted loved one to shove bacteria up your ass? <laughs> uh,
2: people are doing it themselves, and that's called biohacking. Probably not a good idea. But I mean, you know, clinics are now it's doing it. Like Market
1: bacteria. I need and some I, good yeah. shit, man. I need. That's amazing.
0: And why? Because it's faster than uh,
2: eating because, stuff. Well, because eating stuff isn't going to change it where it needs to change. Sort of in the colon, oh, in it goes the right intestines. To it. So it goes into the intestines. It's so. a little backdoor, uh, pun intended. Whoa! Hey, come on. Damn. It's a. It's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. Okay. Well, it's, it's getting it where it needs to be. Got it. Where things are being digested. Truly, really,
1: um, what a wild world we live in. That's <laughs> okay.
0: Crazy. I mean, F- Kush. Oh, sorry, we made you uncomfortable. I yeah. get it. <laughs> you, He's you like, wait, hold transfer. on a second.
1: I gotta go check something out.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Well, listen. Since we're we're off topic a little bit, anyways, you have a specialty in marmots, and so before you came in, we were looking at uh, some <laughs> pictures of marmots that are still up there. Why so, are you laughing? <laughs> uh, because they're adorable. We we were like going back and forth about exactly what it was. I said that it's like a squirrel's grandfather. I don't know if that's accurate, probably not. Uh, but but Brett was saying that they're like three times as big as squirrels or like the largest of the squirrel species. Our guys
2: are just are hibernating now, they're about five to six kilos. Some of them are even bigger. So, you know, 12, 15 pounds. Okay, so, so they're cat-sized. What got you into yeah, this? What? How deep are you in the marmot hole? Tell me about. Them. I'm an enthusiast. Um, okay, so I mean, I'm interested in behavior. I study behavior. I'm interested in conservation. Um, I'm interested in why animals do different things. And you know, what do you study? Well, it's nice if you study something with an address. So marmots have an address, cool. and they're active during the day. And I study birds and other things as well. And I study marine things. But but mammals, most mammals are nocturnal, and most mammals are bats, and they fly, and they're nocturnal. Nocturnal, mm. and they have diseases that will kill you. Marmots <laughs> are ground squirrels, and they have an address. They have a colony, so you know where they are. So you can mark them, and you can watch them during the day, and uh, you don't have to get up at three in the morning like you do if you study birds. So you can get up at six instead, and and okay. and, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and then I now run this project. I've looked. There are 15 species of marmots around the world. They live in the northern hemisphere. Most of them live in beautiful mountains. Not all. Um, we have a holiday named after marmots. Groundhog Day. Oh. So Groundhog Day is a holiday. It's about climate change. And it's about marmots and sure um, and um, yeah. I've studied fifteen of the, uh, there are fifteen species around the world. I've looked at eight of them, but these days I run this long term project where we've been studying marmots um, since before I was born. So since nineteen sixty two, individual the fate of individual marmots has been followed throughout their lives. Whoa,
0: that's crazy! It's like that movie. What was that movie? Boy. It's like they filmed it 15 years apart. Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but boyhood. Oh, boyhood. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was a good film. You.
1: Yeah, and last night I did a bar show where I talked about <laughs> my breakup from six years ago. So we're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, equally important. You and I are important. on the same level of how much we matter in this world and what we're doing for the planet. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you both equally for your contributions. <laughs> we Christ. should do a Groundhog Day special. Oh, sure. Oh, uh, great film. Um, So what, I mean, is there something in particular about the... That fascinates you. I mean, I get that it's like kind of more fun and easier to study them. Uh, I mean, we we use
2: them as a system to study all sorts of things. So I'm big, so I used to study play behavior when I was younger. Now I'm more interested in longevity um, because I'm older. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That makes sense. um, So I mean, we look at factors that influence longevity. What's really interesting is for lots of animals, um, more social individuals live longer lives. Mm -hmm. So in humans, um, not being social is about as bad for you for your longevity as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Whoa. Yeah. So for marmots, it turns out Um, Marmots The species I study most now Is not really that social It's sort of What we call Facultatively social It has It can live alone But it can live together They don't really Want to live together You'll like this Um, um, Female marmots As they get older Get crotchetier And by getting crotchetier They seem to do better Hell yeah So so they sever their relationships They get nasty Hell yeah And they do better
0: Nice girls finish last If you're a marmot Get
1: bitch I'm into it (laughs) Isn't
0: that Isn't that uh, Like a contradiction With you know That being social will make you live longer? So in, so why be social? And this comes back to JAWS as well. Okay.
2: And, you know, when I'm lecturing in in, in my classes here, um, I try to connect with my students and it's like, you know, why be social? Well, if you're surfing alone, there's some probability you're going to be eaten by a shark. Turns out that's really low. Yeah. <laughs> like really low. Very low. Um, like really low. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid of going in the low. water. Suspiciously low. Yeah. But if you surf with one other individual, you, you, you dilute that risk. You share it. Right. So each of oh. you, if you make... A 50, 50 convenient assumption, now. you know, only one—the shark's only going to kill one of you. Right. Then, you know, unless the shark it's with two very orders. hungry. So grouping. Living with others is one way to reduce predation risk. And since all animals more or less are eaten by things,
0: okay. um, you know. So what about these crotchety female they, they live longer. The crotchety, right. they're, where, they're, where does that come in? Why is that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm Ooh, still trying to figure that one out. So we look out. at, you know, mating systems and things. We also use it as a system to study climate change. So they're getting up earlier in the year as it's warming up. And, mm. and that either that's a good thing or a bad thing. And we're trying to sort of sort
0: that one out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's bad. I'm just going to assume that more than likely...
2: So marmots are interesting, right? So um, one thing we have to worry about with with environmental change is that animals and plants evolved to sort of one set of environmental timings and, and stimuli, and then that changes, and that's called a mismatch, and they could do... Worse in those situations, but marmots got to get fat during the summer. So marmot people study marmots physiologically because they get obese without having any obesity-related things. They can eat as much as they want. In fact, they have to eat as much as they want because they have to survive eight months without eating. Wow! Right, it's a long time. I love to eat. Yeah, um, do that.
1: How does that work though? Because I feel so, like I guess their bodies are just like they've evolved to just do that. Because if we got super fat, if we got like six hundred pounds and we didn't eat for eight months, we'd still die
0: totally die, I yeah. think. Yeah.
1: So like how do how die. do their bodies do that?
2: So I mean this whole thing of hibernation right. is really really interesting. But,
1: like yeah, what's literally happening? you like, know the concept of it, but like what is what is happening in the body when they're when they're in hibernation? They sh-
2: essentially shut everything down. So Whoa, so for crazy. a period of time they're in what's called deep torpor. So they actively we've we've borrowed marmots from the field, taken them into the lab and hibernated them over the winter and looked at this. Oh, very lightly so, use the word and borrowed. We borrowed. <laughs> no, we <laughs> put them back in the are Kidnapped a
1: bunch of marmots. Yeah you're
0: uh, back you're, you're a kidnapper, but okay.
1: No, no, oh, my God, God you're, like, in the were. registry now. <laughs> yeah, don't let sorry. this guy on an airplane. It's <laughs> <laughs> you should not be allowed within 25 feet of a school, as far as I'm concerned.
2: I, mean, I don't borrow kids, just Marvis. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, they when they burn, so there are about five kilos about 12 pounds going into hibernation they burn a gram of fat a day they burn less than a weight of a paper clip a day when they're in deep torpor so they shut down everything they actively suppress their metabolism they're not really breathing much in fact when we were trying to get our our equipment um, calibrated we're working with this marmot and it's like um you know it 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 feels like a cold stone that's fuzzy. It's like this bizarre feeling. Whoa! And then you know it's like, is it alive? Is it breathing? And you know we're trying to get it calibrated. It turns out that was the only animal that died. Oh um, While uh, <laughs> we were trying to calibrate everything. God damn it!
1: Can you can it wake up?
2: Yeah, they wake up periodically, and they wake up to. Oh. Well, so this is one of the foundational questions in hibernation biology. Do you pee because you wake up, or do you wake up to pee? Ooh, and as classic. a man, wow, and what as a
1: beautiful an, poetic question. And asking. as a man
2: getting older, my position changes on this. Sure. Um, <laughs> in any event, because um, if you if you build metabolic waste, you have to have your kidneys up to you have to have blood pressure in order to filter things out. Mm. So I don't know. In any event, they wake up every two weeks or so. They it's pee like and they go back in. Like
0: purposeful coma.
2: They only They're pee every two in. weeks. Yeah.
1: But, like, can you wake them up, like, if you're just, like, loud?
2: Well, when we we had had some power outages, and the temperature changed, and they would wake up. So I'm in some registry somewhere, but it's not the the kid registry. It's the CDC registry, because I'm probably the only person bitten by a marmot in the middle of the winter. Whoa. So I pulled it out. It was all cute. I was, like, cuddling it. We were weighing it. We were checking it out. And this one wasn't quite out as much as its siblings, and it bit me.
1: Damn. Did it hurt really badly? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Like, oh, what no. happens when you get bitten by a marmot?
2: Well, they have, like, you know, they're rodents, and they have chisel-like teeth, and they, Oof. you know. It, it Do was you have a cool
1: d- scar?
0: Uh, it's a scar. <laughs> is that that very good <laughs> <cute? laughs> Is that, is that <laughs> the end of anything you're wearing? No. no. You've, got? you've bitten today? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. okay. Um,
1: well, don't borrow marmots, I guess, you know?
0: <laughs> so, leave them alone. Yeah. Let them be, be marmots.
1: Don't try this at home.
0: Do we have, where where
2: do marmots live? You said they have an address? They have, they have, you know, they live in, well, the yellow-bellied marmots live all over the place in the mountains, in okay. the Intermountain West and in the Rockies. I wonder if I've
0: seen one and just thought like, oh, it's a big squirrel.
2: Yeah, you probably have if you've been up and yeah. hiking in Yosemite or um, King's Canyon. They eat cars in King's Canyon. They eat cars? cars. Apparently, they go in and on the engines and what? And they, apparently, they like rubber and and, and radiator <laughs> they fluid. They eat rubber. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe it tastes salty. I don't know. They don't.
1: You've given your life to little <laughs> shits that eat rubber. They
2: eat my car. People come and blame me. People come and blame me, and they say, Mar- "Your marmots ate my car." They're not my marmots. I study them.
0: Oh
1: hmm.
0: dear. Well, you also kidnapped them, but I'm not going to accuse you of that again. We brought um, them back home. There uh, to to bring it back to jars. There's a scene oh. where they cut open. A shark, which I think is a tiger shark, is the, like the first one they catch, and they say like the tiger shark is like a garbage can; they'll eat anything, and they have like a license plate and like fish hole yeah. and stuff like that. So, do you know if that actually happens? They I eat. think
2: that's true. I think you know when people open up shark stomachs, they find all sorts of stuff in shark stomachs. Wow,
0: I don't know why. I mean, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I just thought that was really strange. Yeah, uh, but I didn't. I didn't know if they were like taking a risk and just like having a funny scene or if it was like oh no sharks will just like completely because they also show them eating the boat like they have like a picture in a book in the film of like a shark coming and eating a boat and then it actually happens later where the shark is just trying to bring that whole boat down and he succeeds um, spoiler alert haven't seen Jaws uh, but uh, but yeah anyway do, do you know if they attack boats does that happen well I mean you know in
2: World War II when ships were sunk and airmen went down mm-hmm. you know a lot of people were eaten by sharks Whoa. and you know the sharks Sharks would come in, you know, sort of little lifeboats and people on the lifeboats and would you know, attack the lifeboats and sink the lifeboats. So Dang. I think I think that can happen. Um, you know, I don't think it happens much now because we've done a really good job killing all of the sharks on the earth, which is a huge ecological problem.
0: Yeah. Can you speak to that? I was reading some of those numbers and it was staggering. It was like we kill like seventy million a year or something. Yeah, sometimes we like just kill them for their fins, which is horrible. Yeah. What do we do with the fin? Shark fin soup. Shark fin soup. Come on, I actually, guys.
1: Um, I actually ate shark once in Iceland, and I have felt. I, I think about it three times a week. I literally wow. feel so so guilty about it. Damn. But I, I. But like, it's a delicacy there. It's like a thing, you know. In Iceland, they eat. I mean, I don't think like it's like they eat it like burgers, but they eat. They have it. They eat like right. um, shark meat. It was disgusting. I, used, I do not recommend it. I it is to, absolutely foul.
2: I used to eat mako shark. Um, You know, and we sold steaks and you get a nice big steak of Mako shark and you grill it and it's good. But now are you anti Mako shark steak? I don't eat sharks now. I did. When I went to Greenland, I did not eat sharks. Yeah. Mm. Because it's like. Or Iceland, I did not eat sharks.
1: They're like, it's we're killing them in like, yeah, like you
2: said. But they play an incredible ecological role. So, you know, fear. Um, organizes our lives. Fear organizes our ecology. We need big predators. It keeps things in check. It keeps
0: systems working. Yeah. So that's why I always scare Chelsea every time I see her.
1: Yeah. It keeps truly, her balanced. It I mean, you don't have to do much, so it's you're already, you know. Thank you so much for your work, but absolutely, um, very, very much helpful. I would be in prison right now if it wasn't breathing. So, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: can you imagine comedians like uh, going feral without uh, fear? I mean, absolutely you know, not. It'd be, it'd be...
1: We wouldn't do anything. We would literally be just like degenerates without the redeeming qualities. Yeah, just yeah. drug
2: abusers <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but sorry, continue. Yeah, so I mean, a, a colleague of mine um, can basically see the effects of fear from space. Whoa. So she's looked at coral reefs. Right. So, if you think about a beautiful coral reef, and she studies beautiful coral reefs, and she's studied them in places where there are lots of predators in the middle of the Pacific, where people haven't been hunting the sharks to extinction. Um, I don't know how she goes in the water there, but anyway, um, <laughs> one of those cages. So there's lots of sharks. Um, But what happens is, think about a reef. A reef is producing all this stuff and things want to eat it. And marine systems are really complex because you have lots of things that eat things that eat things that eat things, which is really cool. And sharks eat everything, including apparently license plates. Um, So, you know, we have the the sharks are eating the fish that are eating the vegetation on the reef. Mm -hmm. So you can see these rings of of, of, of highly um, foraged areas that are really distinct from the, like the space shuttle wow. um, because, and from satellite imagery because the, sh- the, the animals are sort of forced to stay, you know, very close to their little hidey holes. And so the sharks structure the reef. So if you don't have the sharks, then the animals go out farther and then other animals come in and you have, you know, a dysbiosis in some extent. You have different species interacting. So I wonder what Kiko really
1: Robertson looks like from space. 'Cause all the Jewish fear that's collected in one area.
0: Well, if you could ask your, uh, your friend, maybe they can send some pictures.
1: I would love that. That would be amazing. Out. I
2: don't know what anxiety looks like from above. <laughs>
1: uh, that's, you know what? That's what you should be giving. Screw marmots. You should, that should be what, you know, you carry out for the rest of your, your time at UCLA. Yeah. Aerial views of, of anxious Jews. Anxious Jews. <laughs> Crown Heights. What's going on from above? <laughs> all right. We're going to take a
0: short break and we will be right back.
1: The break is over
0: Here we go Back to the show about science So uh, there's like this age old Question about being attracted to blood I was basically reading like We over exaggerate that big time Like sharks if, if you're like bleeding A little bit it's not a big deal but if you Dump like they did a, like cans or, or buckets of chum. Yeah, and chum, then they will start to react. So I just wanted to f- correct that because there's been so many movies where like somebody has like the smallest cut and like the sharks go crazy. Yeah,
1: some girl's on her period and it's like, right. pff, shark, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I also... True?
1: Wait, no, so... Wait, oh, did, go. Wait, no, did, did you what? answer it?
2: Uh, I think you need a lot of blood. I don't know if uh, you know having your period uh, makes you more vulnerable <laughs> to sharks, but that's an empirical question.
1: <laughs> okay, uh,
0: awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> Leave so, it to me
1: to answer all the big, hot questions. I mean, that's why you're here. Yep. That's mm-hmm. why I got
0: you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of this like weird uh, coma state, uh, hibernation that marmots go into, I was reading that when you flip a shark upside down, they go into like this weird trance called tonic immobility. Yeah. You know about this? Yeah, a lot of animals do that. You do it with chickens, too. Really? Yeah. So explain what happens here, if you could.
2: Yeah, so um, what's interesting is, and and we sort of have the legacy of this, is that one of the... I mean, we evolved from fish, right? Uh Uh-huh. So... um, Sharks are electrically sensitive, so they're finding things in part by um, detecting slight changes in electricity in the environment. And that's how, and, and fish have what are called lateral lines, which are sensitive to electrical energy. So, sharks are somehow able to detect muscle movement um, and then that helps them find things. So one thing that lots of animals do when um, they get scared is they freeze and that freezing really goes back to that tonic immobility. If you're reducing your heart rate, if you're not flexing your muscles, then something that's hunting you electrically isn't going to be able to detect you. Whoa. Which is kinda cool. Very cool. I mean, there's all sorts of things animals do to avoid getting eaten because right. the name of the game is leaving offspring, and the best way
0: not to leave offspring is to get killed prematurely. Sure, yeah, that would do it. Um, so but but okay, so wait, there's two different things here. One, you're saying like there are animals that will purposefully get into this mode in order not to be eaten, right? To survive. But then there's like this, which to me is more like a weird biological Uh, state that they get into just based on their positioning? I don't know why when you
2: put some animals upside down they sort of freeze like that but I suspect it has to do with this sort of ancient anti-predator response which goes back to fishes to make themselves less you know um, detectable apparently and I've never done this and you can try this at home I don't have chickens at home Um, apparently you can sort of draw a line in front of a chicken's beak or something and get it on the ground and you can sort of hypnotize them and they sort of lie down and they sort of look at the line and sort of go to go to sleep just by drawing a line yeah just like with your finger or something so people like you know chicken whispering but again i think this is capitalizing on this sort of tonic immobility where freezing is an adaptive response and you sort of hypnotize things in some way which somehow gets them into this state
1: do you think it's possible that's like because they're upside down they're vulnerable and they're like not able to defend themselves because they're not they can't see properly or they can't use their you know reflexes properly so they like they just freeze and stop so they're just kind of like weirdly invisible to a lot of outside. Is that, I, is that I think, possible? I, I think
2: that's, I th- if, if, if that's, that's how it works, saying? if yeah. that's true that shark you can turn a shark upside down, I mean, I think it would thrash you at first, but I mean, if you can turn off sharks upside down and they get into that state, I think that's part of this whole anti-predator thing. Think about possums. Um, oh, right. You know, possum. or the opossums we have here, they play possum. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, um, uh, had, a, had a possum in his backyard and he was trying to trap it. And I don't know if a dog got it or something, but at some point he's like, Oh no, now it's dead. Um, and he goes for a trash bag and he comes back, you know, half an hour later and it's gone. <laughs> and he's like, and he's a biologist. He's like, man, it. it got me. <laughs> got him good. So they really are, you know, looking kind of dead. That's so interesting. But I mean, freezing is a very adaptive response that 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 makes you less detectable. And for things that hunt based on sort of electrical changes, <laughs> yeah, um, makes you sort of invisible. It's a okay. cloaking mechanism. So
1: you're telling me when I lay down, I'm just like... I'm doing my job, as you know, for my longevity.
2: I don't know. I thrash at night when I sleep, oh. so that can't be very good. <laughs>
1: you're like, I'm scared. I'm just gonna lay on the floor.
0: You're gonna live longer than me. I think <laughs> as long as you have like good friends and you're hanging out with people during your youth, and then in you know whatever twenty, thirty years, you become hostile and you leave everybody and you're crotchety. From what I've learned, you'll be fine. You'll... Great! I have
1: so much to look forward to. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Sounds great. You're gonna and you give all your food to your
2: kids, and everything's good. So you're nice to your kids, but no one else. Yeah, that's yeah, that 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 seems just
1: like reasonable. Yeah, that's like how we all, isn't that how we all do it?
0: Yeah, I, that's what I plan on doing, for sure.
1: What's a nice old lady? It's like, honey, you are wasting your potential right now. <laughs> yeah. You could be such an asshole. You're finally and old. no one would care. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, we get it. You, Your hips hurt. Like, <laughs> let her be mean, you know?
0: Um, do we know what you mentioned, like the the being able to sense electromagnetic fields? Do we know how that works, or is that just like a mistake? People know, but I don't know. Okay, very cool. <laughs> there are people that know. They yeah. study this. That <laughs> seemed uh, pretty, cool. pretty wild to me, yeah. Um, okay, so he mentions a couple times. Um, uh, uh, Richard Dreyfuss' character I can't remember his name now, of course You saw it yesterday I know, I just saw it last night Hopper, right? That, uh, Hooper Totally Totally Not paying attention <laughs> uh, i
1: hated enough Did you
0: watch the know. subtitles?
1: No, that is so distracting for me. That's I, probably I hate why. That, yeah, yeah I says. can't do it. I'm like, I'm reading. I'm I just would
0: have been embarrassed if I couldn't remember the name because I did watch with subtitles. Oh, okay, and it's yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. said that name a bunch. I should know this. But I think Hooper it's super. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he uh, he says that they. There's this thing where there's like a rogue shark and a theory he mentioned called territoriality.
2: Yeah, that's sort of – that's not a theory. It's it's okay. that animals defend space. I mean we all defend space, you know. Okay. Um, your house is your space. You let people in. You hope that other people don't come in. Mm-hmm. So territoriality is something that many, many species do. Not every species is territorial, but many species are territorial. Okay. So I think so little has been known about sharks. Now we have people going around and putting satellite tags on them and we can see where they move, we can see what they do. We have a whole revolution in um, the ability to study animal movement right now because people can put tags on animals that um, have locate, GPS location, position, Whoa. and shoot it up to a satellite, and you can sort of follow them in real time. We've got colleagues in Australia who tag great white sharks, white pointers, mm. um, and follow them in real time. Wow. Um, so.
1: What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen um, marmots or any other animal do? <laughs>
2: It's a great question. A comedy show I went to a while ago. Yeah, right. I don't know. Marmots are kind of interesting, but uh, other animals are interesting, too. What's weird? What do you mean by in what dimension? What are weird?
1: you define as weird? Maybe you know? one did So one of backwards. my favorite
2: things I saw was some animals help each other, right? And it's called helpers of the nest.
1: Yeah, you're right, that is weird. Right. Like,
2: yeah. So why would they know, do why that? Why would you help? So why be social? Why do you want to hang out with others? You I don't know, know. I and, ask and myself get diseases all the time. and, you know, do things, but you know, maybe predation pressure. Listen, so to bitch
1: at you about stuff. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like are, Dave, you never pay your rent.
2: It, but it's better. These are kookaburras, so all they do is bitch at each other. <laughs> Have you ever heard of kookaburra?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um kookaburra, used live in Australia? Kookaburras are cool. So kookaburras what are called cooperative breeders. They help each other. Okay. And I'd read all this stuff about cooperative breeders and there's always this tension and you know who really wants to help you know your parents raise the siblings. So um I watched this Kookaburra um have this big snake in its mouth and um it's calling and there's a baby in front that's begging. So it's begging. The baby's begging, and the kookaburra is kind of calling with a snake in his mouth. And everyone in the family comes and watches this whole process. Wow. And you know, but the kookaburra would put the put the snake in the baby's mouth, and the baby would sort of like um, you know try to swallow, and the kookaburra would pull it back out. And all the parents are coming, and all the siblings are coming and watching. And this went on for a long time. And then after everyone came and said, "Oh, Fred is helping raise Junior." Um, Fred took the snake and ate it himself. Wow, that was pretty wild.
1: That's the sequel to Lion King. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Life is tough in the forest. <laughs> um, what's, what's the crazy thing you've seen an animal do?
1: Oh dear. Well, I don't watch animals all day.
0: People oh, are animals. People.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. Oh, so there the you go. just things I've seen a person do. Yeah. Well, I just got back from a Jamaican sex resort for work. So, so I saw a lot of weird stuff there. Okay. I okay. saw but I don't, you know, it's like, what's weird, right? So for these people, their lifestyle, it's not weird at all. And you know, sure. frankly, I learned it probably isn't weird. But but this Jamaican sex resort was like that's a, it's a fascinating place. It truly is. It, do you know hedonism? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. It's a lot of people who are in there like who are like middle-aged, they like kind of 40s, 50s, 60s, and they go. It's like a swingers resort, and swingers are kind of dying off. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like our our generation—we're all just like it's like poly or whatever. But right. that the swinger—it's like a swingers resort, and it's just a bunch of people who like to get naked and sit, have sex by pools and try to save their marriage. Like <laughs> that is what have I sex w- with
0: their partners by pools. And anything
1: save their goes. I saw uh. a lot of fluids by pools this last couple of weeks, and it was <laughs> really crazy. And but I was just sort and of they pay like, you for this. Uh, this is my job. I went. To I'm a travel journalist so I go to these places I mean I don't know if your boss has ever called you and been like hey I'm gonna need you to attend a squirting workshop in Jamaica <laughs> and you have to do it but I did and it was health
2: and safety hazards right I'm like is there HR charts? on
1: the phone right now <laughs> yeah but it was fascinating and like I grew I actually I went in with you know I'm pretty like open-minded I mean I'm like you know from LA I'm in comedy like I've seen some shit whatever but like I was sort of just like well this is gonna be kind of weird and I had some judgment and then I went and I was like this is awesome like these people feel so free and like they can just be and a lot of them are like from like small town small conservative towns where they can't be yeah. who they are they can't have like their fetishes or kinks or whatever they want to do and they-, they feel judged and then they go to this place and it's like a utopia for all your whatever weird stuff you want to do with other people's junk and I am here for it so I saw a lot of like public sex I saw a lot of weird orgies going on I saw a lot of like man it's crazy what people will do with their time when you give them like one drink and permission to <laughs> rub up against other people they want to rub up against but yeah so that's a long-winded way of saying I have seen some humans do some weird things sexual stuff for the past couple of weeks.
2: So I get up in the morning to understand the diversity of behavior. Yeah. And there are species, including some ground squirrels that are much more like that than not. Wow. And then, but I mean, mating systems vary across, you know, the animal kingdom and explaining that variation, coming up with rules to explain it is sort of what inspires me. So there are, so marmots are one of uh, our, our ground dwelling squirrels and their relatives are prairie dogs. And, um, sort of smaller ground squirrels. We've got some ground squirrels in Los Angeles you might see periodically. They might have plague. Um, Oh, sweet. Aside from that, um, there are some squirrels that are in estrus for like 20 minutes once a year and what you get is you get what's called scramble competition where all the guys are following the round and Hell it's yeah. and it's just tumbling and and you know wow. furs flying and the males are getting beaten up and <laughs> it's exactly
1: and, what i just witnessed this <laughs> right. yeah, so yeah, i mean sounds you know, very similar. so it's well, no it is it's very interesting it's yeah. very interesting to see People because you take you're taking people that like, you know, we're all experiencing life sort of in this country, at least or, you know, wherever we're living sort of the same. Right. We're like having this, and then you go to this very extreme situation and you just get to see people that you would see at like Target and Gelson's <laughs> and then you just get to see them like make it naked <laughs> like and what I thought was cool was that it was sort of the ultimate icebreaker where like everybody immediately was much more open and friendly and nice and not sexual necessarily like mm. I'm just standing in this pool
0: was your reaction like did you you thought like you handled it well and like kept your composure and because I can tell you just I had a, a brief uh I went to a like a, a spa here in LA like a wee spa Yeah. and I had never been to anything like that before and I had taken an edible earlier in the day which was probably a gigantic mistake and uh, just upon seeing all the guys in there nude walking around I got like giggle fits really bad Really, and I was just like because I was also with my best friend and I just couldn't believe that this was going on for whatever reason and so I was just like not laughing at them but just laughing that we were in the situation and and I don't know I just basically had to exit myself from this from the whole thing because I just felt bad like nobody else is laughing but me there's nothing funny going on uh I'm a child and so I don't know I just was curious what was your you know were you in there like oh this is cool I do this all the time this is not a big deal let's I will talk about my work with you you know Well,
1: I don't do this all the time but I will say that I think a combination of like I've lived abroad for – I lived abroad for five years and where I was living, like, in Europe, they – it's not as – nudity is not as big of a deal. There's a lot more kind of, like, it's just a body relax. Like, why are you making it weird? Um, And so I think that because of my exposure to that, it wasn't quite as, whoa, what am I – like, there's, you know, boobs and junk everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think – no, I think it's – in the beginning, I think you'll probably – I mean, you're – like, we – Adapt quickly, right? I feel like when you're in an, in an environment like humans, kind of just like you're, it's weird for a second, and then quickly you're just sort of like able to get with the program. And like,
2: well, I think you know, we we vary, we vary as do animals right. on their sort of how how quickly they can they vary and yeah. adapt. I
1: think right. for me, I I am pretty adaptable, and yeah. so like I'll have my my. Initial discomfort, but I also feel like I'm like I signed I said yes to this like mm-hmm. I and I don't have to be here like I don't I can leave I can go in my room I can leave the environment I'm not forced to be in this pool with people so it's was just sort of like it took me a second to get comfortable but then I realized like how I think okay here's what was more uncomfortable there's a side so, there's a side of the resort sorry this is totally not about jaws I love it or about your or about science it but is about
2: animal behavior yeah it is about animal behavior
1: so I don't feel quite as bad monopolizing this okay Great. but. There's a side of the resort that's called the prude side, and then the side that's called the nude side. <laughs> and the prude side, it's clothing optional. So you can be naked, uh, or you can be in clothes. Okay. The nude side, you're not allowed to wear clothes at all. No, nothing.
0: Mandatory nude. Mandatory.
1: If, you see, if you're seen with any clothes on, they'll ask you to leave. Um, <laughs> so which funny. Is, yeah. Sir,
0: excuse me. Yeah. Take your clothes off or get the hell out Man,
1: of Ma'am, you're here. wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but it just, it was... Um, so I felt more uncomfortable when I was in the pr- on the prude side mm. wearing... We' not wearing clothes.
0: Oh, sure. Because okay. there other
1: people wearing clothes or being naked. And the fact that there was anyone wearing clothes made me feel really weird. Right. But when I was on the nude side and I was not wearing clothes, everyone and there's all it's not you're like everyone's a model. Page. Everyone's like it's all different bodies and colors and sizes and shapes yeah. and all these different things, right? And so you're not like It's it's just it's not as you're not as focused on your individual body because there's just everything around you and no one's really like staring because you're not the only thing in the room that's different. Yeah. So I felt like quickly I just didn't care as much and which I think is like a healthy thing for us to like feel like we can be naked and not feel so ashamed of our bodies or weird about them. Yeah. I thought the whole experience ended up being like. You know, you can you can go real juvenile with it, be like oh, it's so funny. There's like naked people and people having sex and that. But like yeah. to me, there was a very meaningful experience in seeing all these people be so happy and like free and then also confronting your own comfort levels with like your own body and how you see other bodies and I'm getting real too wooey with it but I'm telling you it was really cool. No that makes sense. I thought it was interesting. I I was
0: pretty much raised with the same belief that it's like not a big deal you know our bodies are our bodies it's very natural. I was you know when after eating a weed chocolate uh, my brain disintegrates (laughs) very quickly Um, okay so we are running low on time unbelievably this has flown by Um, but I have a few shark facts I just want to. Of like rattle off, and you know, feel free to weigh in. Tell us something. Teach us. Yeah. Teach us. Oh, I'll teach everybody. Um, so first of all, I didn't know this, but sharks are constantly losing and regrowing teeth. Mm. Do you know about this? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. They it says can go through like thirty thousand to fifty thousand teeth in a lifetime. The big ones live a long time. Yeah and right they live a long time like 100 200 years or something mm. like that anyways i didn't know any of this about sharks and i was Which just which makes out. i
2: mean so things that live a long time are almost by definition vulnerable because they often breed later and they have lower productivity and and you know so when you start killing all the sharks you know it's really hard for populations to recover
0: mm. wow So, yeah, also just stop killing sharks, guys. Like, super dick move. Uh, Super dick move. Leave them alone. Eat something else. (laughs) What are you doing? Avocados are a miracle. Um, You know, more people are killed by falling coconuts every year than sharks. Right. Yeah. I it's mean true that makes sense. There's a there those coconut trees. We've to cut down those coconut trees. <laughs> yeah. Also don't walk below trees, guys. <laughs> be careful yeah. in the tropics next time you go.
1: Okay. I'll uh, be I'll be sure to think about that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid of shark attacks. That's definitely something I learned today researching. It's like not it almost never happens. You'll you're much more likely to get struck by lightning. But also don't be afraid of that. What kind of life just are you leading? Just
1: don't leave your house. You know, that's kinda how I feel. Just yeah. stay inside. But
0: also socialize and have a community friend group. Right.
1: Um, <laughs> Reddit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Reddit exists. You don't have to go anywhere. Uh, I read that they very rarely get any type of cancer or get sick at all. I think people are studying that. Yeah. I don't know more about it. Okay. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how we can, like, take, I don't know, some... Of their cells
1: or shark something. Goo an shark goo and
0: become. Shark goo, yeah. Like so, I mean, maybe, you know. Somebody's shoving shark goo
1: up
2: to, their butt. <laughs> to live long and prosper, you've got to get things that fix things. So, you know, people are looking at long-lived animals. There's a clam that lives like 350 years or something. Whoa. And, you know, people are looking at how they, I mean, because if you're out there, you're going to get mutations. And so, right. you know, how do you fix mutations? Most mutations will kill you or don't do anything, but that some of those might cause cancer. So, you know, there are cell repair mechanisms and DNA repair mechanisms and that's what people are looking at when, um, while they're looking at these species that live a long time, and saying, "Well, what what's the,
0: the trick that allows you to live long?" And then, you know. so so it's like the longer we're around as a species, <laughs> the less likely we are to be developing these mutations the
2: longer individuals of a species live so there are long-lived species and short-lived species mm-hmm. and for longer-lived species you get to live a long life there's a whole suite of things that have to happen including at the molecular and cellular level and people are looking at long-lived species to try to understand you know why why don't they get cancer how do they fix this how do they fix right. that
0: okay yeah that makes sense i was yeah reading that they also they were around like way before the dinosaurs but that they haven't really evolved that much so i was thinking like oh maybe Maybe they used to get cancers and illnesses and just because they've been around for so long, they're like DNA has figured out how to just be a healthy, swimming I suspect, shark.
2: I, I suspect there's some lineages that have been around for a long time, but, you know, member lineages split and change, and, yeah. you know, there still could be speciation. Um, so uh, hermit crabs go back a—not hermit crabs, uh, horseshoe crabs mm-hmm. go back a real long time. Have you ever been on the East Coast and seen horseshoe crabs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so those go back a long time, and they're pretty unchanged from the fossil record. But, cool. Um, and some sharks, I, I think. wonder if they get sick. Uh, People use their blood for
0: biomedical research. So sounds like it's a good. They have they they know what's going on. Yeah, they live a long time. They don't get sick. Uh, I want some of that horseshoe crab blood. If you could hook me up uh, with that, Uh, mail me some horseshoe crab blood, (laughs) please. (laughs) Um, Okay, I read that despite the fact that almost an equal amount of men and women swim in the ocean, men account for nearly ninety percent of shark attack victims. Is that true? Yeah. Well, that, there's that's that's test for your uh, menstruation hypothesis, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell we're doing, but apparently nine out of ten times it's men that get attacked.
1: Are there more men? OK. Are there more male surfers and female surfers?
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe. Are
1: there more men in the water to begin with?
0: No, that's the thing. They're saying like equally men and women are yeah. in the ocean.
1: OK, great. So uh, there's so something are, specific about us. Sharks are smart.
0: Because sharks are smart. Take out the bad one. They smell your (laughs) They're they're trying to help the entire species. They're they're like, get rid of the boys
1: first. The girls are doing fine. the men. We got to, you know, we got to handle that population.
0: (laughs) Maybe Uh, maybe there's more meat to eat.
2: Oh, more meat to eat. A bigger animal. But
1: but Mm. I feel like women are maybe more fleshy in some ways, you know, right?
2: Mm, So, I mean, do you want a small carrot or do you want a big carrot if
0: you're hungry? You go for the big carrot. Men are generally larger. That That makes sense.
1: Do they look more like seals? I don't know.
0: We act more like seals. Seriously. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> See, um, I read they don't have vocal cords and they don't use any audible sounds to communicate. Uh, could be true. They certainly don't have vocal cords because I mean they're not in
2: a place where they're going to, you know, communicate vocally underwater like that. Yeah, there are fish that make sounds, but they don't. They don't do it by vocal cords. Mm.
1: How do dolphins make sounds?
2: great call if don't know uh do that, you
1: know that like eek, yeah
2: so they can do it out of their mouth but i think it comes from the melon which is like their head whoa um it's so like they
1: vibration in their head yeah i don't know if
2: they have vocal cords i don't think they have vocal cords well but, a
1: vibration in your head is what speaking is i mean this is also in your head it's your throat i
0: know i like was it, just thinking of like I a right. head shaking and yeah. a sound emitting a it sounds I wild know. i don't know that
1: well, you're fired.
0: Right, okay. Oh man, that sucks. Someone
1: uh, take the, his book uh, publishing deal away.
2: Uh, the best, the best thing to know is that, no, I'm, I'm that we know nothing. I'm
1: joking. I'm totally joking. Uh, you are smarter than I would ever be in four lifetimes of studying. I
0: don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I should know whether they're, they're, I don't think they have vocal cords. Yeah, uh, I found that pretty wild. I don't know, I, but I guess just because of movies and stuff in my head, I just hear sharks roaring. But that sounds ridiculous now. But I mean, they, they, you know, it, w- the way you make a sound is you get air going. And
2: you know, vibrating something. Right. So in 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 mammals, they're vocal cords. Mm-hmm. In terrestrial mammals. So um sea lions have vocal cords. Right. right? Okay. They came. But but whales and dolphins, um, I don't think I mean they they vibrate sort is of going melon on right or something.
1: There. Yeah, whales are just shooting water out of their head. Th- that's making a noise. Blow it's like hole. a it's like a sneeze. Yep.
2: So they can that. do they can do that and they also can make other sounds. So mm-hmm. some you know some Dolphins can make ultrasonic sounds and echolocate.
1: I know, isn't it? The clicks.
0: Yeah, dolphins are super cool. So cool. Go Miami Dolphins. And they're
1: so nice. uh, Oh, you're like I heard.
0: Um, Yeah, dolphins. Yeah, a lot of times they like look like they're smiling. We did a thing on dolphins a while back, and apparently they are not. It just looks like that, but they're not having fun. Like people like to go swimming with the dolphins. That's like a big tourism thing. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's like a super dick move. Apparently, don't ride elephants either. Yeah. Yeah. See.
1: Just leave them alone.
0: Basically, leave animals alone, guys, and just build, like...
1: Dogs. Get a dog. They love hanging out with you. Yeah. They love... Some some? dogs. Really?
0: On their own space. Okay, wait. Which dog should we not
1: own? I thought, like, dogs... No, no. On an
2: individual basis, you've got sort of shy dogs and, you know, other dogs. Oh,
0: oh, okay, sure.
1: But in general, dogs are like, yeah, take me and please play with me.
0: We've bred them or they've bred us to to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're on vacation and you want to hang out with an animal bring your dog yeah find someone with a dog get a cat or something yeah don't kidnap a dolphin or an elephant or just go bird watching or go elephant watching elephant watching yeah that sounds good i would love that
1: what about camels (laughs) i wrote (laughs) have you
0: ever ridden a camel a couple times Yeah, sort of a weird feeling.
1: It is horrifying. (laughs) They have no. They should not be dancers because they have absolutely no rhythm. They just, they just straight up flop down, and then when they're getting up, they just jerk themselves up. They, they're not like. It's not a fluid motion. They just okay. literally fall.
0: Did it seem like they liked you or what were they
2: like? I camels, camels do whatever they want to do, including spit at you. I yeah. mean, camels Whoa. are really oh, good yeah. animals and that they, you know, I don't want to do that. Puh. I've wow. also ridden
1: a donkey and that was also equally weird. I should stop riding animals. At, I, don't, I can just take a bus. Like, I don't need sure. to, you know, scooter. <laughs> scooter I can, walk. I've, I've
2: used pack animals before where we've loaded stuff on animals. Yaks, animals yaks are fun. Yaks almost killed me. Almost killed you? Yeah. yeah. What happened? Um, so we were doing a wildlife survey in Pakistan. I worked in Pakistan for years studying marmots. And, and this, I had a grant to look, do a wildlife survey to look at this place for snow leopards. And it's supposed to have lots of snow leopards. I think we were there a month too early um, because they come down when it gets cold and the snow line comes down. And we were there before the snow line came down. So, you know, we saw some footprints, but not lots and lots of them. In any event, um, it's like a month-long wildlife survey. We're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And we have all these yaks. You know, helping carry our stuff. Uh So I would see my assistants, like, hop on the yaks and ride them um, to get them all together. Because basically you let your yaks, you know, wander around at night and then you get them in the morning. And I'm like, I can do that. I go, can I ride the yak? And we get to this big, flat grassland, this palmier. And um, they're like, here's where you can ride the yak. So a yak has, like, a nose ring. And it's got, like, this yak hair um, bridle. But it's just a rope Mm. connected to the nose ring. Okay. So you know, um, right, pull right to go right, pull left to go left. So I hop on this yak and it just takes off and it's going towards, and we're about seven to eight days away from the nearest road, and about another eight hours after that to the nearest hospital. Jeez. And so we're sort of out there, and this thing is running across this rocky, you know, meadow at 15,000 feet, and it's running towards this lake, and I'm, like, pulling and trying to get it to slow down, and it won't slow down, and it's going and going and going, and I'm pulling to the right, and it just, like, puts its head up and goes, vroom. So... Eventually, it stops right in front of the water, and I jump off. Um, my friends and wife and, 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 and our, our guides were absolutely in hysterics. And, you know, they eventually came up, and I'm still shaking because I almost got killed. And um, I said, you know, I'm pulling to the right, and it's going—you know, it just keeps going. He's like, oh— you have to pull down into the right to make it go right and down to the left to make it, and down to make it stop, not up to make it stop. Uh, so no. I was giving it the exact opposite <laughs> commands. Yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. You, you didn't, didn't
1: study that in school?
2: Everyone knows it now. Oh, yeah, that's true. So next time so you So now you a, can sit, now you can ride a yak. Yeah, riding oh, yaks you'll man. know what to do down. That's
1: crazy though.
2: I think these yaks were
0: uh, ill trained. They should have, you up <laughs> it's to It's the be yak's forward. fault.
1: should have known, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, <laughs> well, listen, thank you both for joining me. It was a fascinating conversation. I'm glad you both came in Where can people Find you Chelsea Frank
1: Find me on Instagram At Chelsea Frank um, And at, on Twitter At Chelsea S As in Sarah Frank mm-hmm. Frank like the man's name Right Should be easy You know Yeah No, it is easy. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, you chose a great name.
1: Thank you so much. It's natural, and I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. You didn't Uh, even
0: choose it. (laughs) Doctor, (laughs) where uh, can people take your classes, read your
2: publications? Yeah, you can get a lot of information at my website. So if you just Google Marmots at UCLA, you'll find all sorts of stuff. (laughs) Great, love that.
0: Marmots Um, at UCLA. Same, same. If you just
1: Google Marmots at UCLA, you can also find all my information. (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, If you google fecal transplants you'll, you'll get stuff
1: you'll get something <laughs> make sure
0: you have your safe search on when right, you do that yeah. <laughs> um, all right thank you both and uh, i'll see you next time
1: thank you so much for thanks very fun.
0: absolutely bye super fun bye Bad science is hosted and produced by me ethan edinburgh our associate producer is emily feld our editor is lucas bollinger and the executive person in charge of fecal transplants do sir i'm sorry i had to is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email. Bad science at Seeker.com. That's bad science at Seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.